This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. This episode of Leia Foundation is sponsored by Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. It's free. There are tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That is A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started. We love you, Anchor. Hey, y'all, and welcome back. My name's Casey, and welcome to the second episode of Leia Foundation. Today, we are talking about the case of Marbury versus Madison, which was argued before Marshall's Supreme Court in 1803. I'm very excited to talk about this case as it has been requested by multiple listeners, and it is considered by many to be one of, if not the, most important decision in American constitutional law. Before we get into the case, I wanted to emphasize that I always appreciate feedback and discussion about these cases, and I really encourage you to reach out on Instagram at Leia Foundation if you have any questions or would like to chat further. I'm also always happy to pass along my sources if requested. Now let's get into the case. First, let's talk context. In 1800, Thomas Jefferson defeated the incumbent John Adams to become the third president of the United States. However, before Adams left office, with the support of Congress, he passed the Judiciary Act of 1801, which reduced the number of justices on the Supreme Court from six to five and eliminated the justices' circuit duties. Additionally, to account for the elimination of the justices' presence on the judicial circuits, the act created 16 judgeships for six judicial circuits. Because of these new positions and the new circuit structure, to use a modern term, Adams packed the courts before he left office. These 42 appointees were called the Midnight Judges, 
because it was said that Adams was signing their appointments at midnight before Jefferson's inauguration. William Marbury, a Federalist Party leader and notable businessman from Maryland, was one of Adams's appointees. Marbury was appointed DC's Justice of the Peace, but his commission was never actually delivered prior to Jefferson's inauguration. However, once Jefferson was in office, he ordered the new Secretary of State, James Madison, not to deliver the commissions. Marbury and three other individuals who were in similar situations joined together and petitioned the Supreme Court for a writ of mandamus compelling Madison to comply. For a little bit of extra context, a writ of mandamus is the fancy term for a court order issued to a public authority calling on them to fulfill some obligation of their office that they are legally bound to perform. Before getting to the issue, I also want to point out that there are some serious concerns about this case looking back, as Marshall himself, the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court, was appointed by Adams. He was also the Secretary of State prior to Jefferson's inauguration, which means that he was the individual who failed to have Marbury's commission delivered in the first place. At the time, there were no obligations for a justice to recuse himself due to a conflict of interest unless that conflict was financial, and so Marshall was able to preside anyway. Because of all of this, there was a ton of political tension involved with the issue of this case, and Marshall, in my opinion, wormed out of it pretty well. You'll see how in a moment. With that additional context, let's get into the issue of the case. Essentially, the issue was boiled down to three questions. First, did Marbury have a right to his commission? Second, if he did have a right to his commission, was there a legal remedy for the problem that was being presented? Third, if there is a legal remedy, is that legal remedy an order from the Supreme Court? The answer to the first two questions was a pretty resounding yes. The court found that Madison's refusal to deliver the commission was illegal and that Marbury had a right to legal remedy of the situation. However, and this is where I saw Marshall described as performing some judicial jujitsu, which I love that term. The court did not order Madison to hand over Marbury's commission via writ of mandamus. Instead, the court held that the provision of the Judiciary Act of 1789 enabling Marbury to bring his claim to the Supreme Court was itself unconstitutional. This was due to the fact that it extended the court's original jurisdiction beyond what is outlined in Article 3, Section 2 of the U.S. Constitution, which enumerates specifically the cases in which the Supreme Court shall have original jurisdiction. These include cases affecting ambassadors, other public ministers and consuls, cases where states themselves are a party, or cases where the United States is a party. There are also specific types of cases that fall under their jurisdiction in addition to those, but Marshall's conclusion was that this case should not be under the original jurisdiction of the Supreme Court, therefore avoiding the political fallout that would have resulted from either the court issuing the writ or outright refusing to. Marshall did further expand on this, saying that a writ of mandamus was absolutely the proper way to seek a remedy, but concluded that the Supreme Court could not issue it, as they should not be the ones to hear and try this case in the first place. Marshall reasoned that the Judiciary Act conflicted with the Constitution, and so it was to be overturned. Congress did not have the power to modify the Constitution through regular legislation because the Supremacy Clause of the Constitution places the Constitution before any subsequent laws passed by lawmakers. In so holding, Marshall established the principle of judicial review, or the power to declare a law unconstitutional. 
This landmark decision is also the first to formally establish that the US Constitution is actual law that must be acknowledged and adhered to, and not simply a ceremonial statement of American ideals. This case is also key in establishing what is now the primary role of the Supreme Court, constitutional interpretation and application. As I stated in the intro, this case is still maintained by many as the most important case in American constitutional law. I'm gonna add in a little fun fact for the ending here. Even though the decision in this case heavily implied that Marbury would have had every right to go to a lower court and demand his commission, he never pursued that route and he never became a justice. He instead had a very successful career as a banker, but it's not really known why he chose not to pursue this fight further. Before I sign off, here are our takeaways. Marbury versus Madison was a really politically charged case argued before Marshall's Supreme Court in 1803. The court's decision was that Marbury had a right to his commission, despite it being issued by a president no longer in office, and that he had every right to legal remedy of his situation. However, it was ruled that the Supreme Court could not be the ones to compel Madison to deliver the documents in question. This decision established judicial review and is considered to this day as one of the most important cases in American constitutional law. And that was lay a foundation for the case of Marbury versus Madison. See you next week. And in the meantime, check out the podcast on Instagram at at lay foundation. Have a good one. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.